Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our seniors minister, Jack Hall, as he brings today's lesson. The elders have asked me to preach tonight and interpret what Mike meant to say this morning. <laughs> That's not true. Mike, that was an outstanding sermon, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate the opportunity to preach. We have a few in the audience tonight. We have a larger audience, I'm sure, at home, but we're delighted either way to be part of this worship service unto God. You know, many churches, including some of our own brotherhood, have completely abandoned New Testament worship. There are congregations that proudly serve under women elders in direct violation of God's law. There are churches that teach that the Bible must be read within the context of society, and therefore it must be changed to adapt to society. We see that the Lord's Supper has been relegated to just a few days that man has decided that are holy days. Entertainment more and more is becoming the focal point of assemblies rather than the preaching of the gospel. And to me, the most egregious change that churches make, including some of our own brotherhood, is the fact that they have actually changed the Lord's day from the first day of the week to Saturday or some other time that's convenient. I have friends who are very proud and happy of the fact that they worship on a Saturday night so they can sleep in on Sunday and enjoy their weekend. We need, to be under, we need to be aware of what is happening in the Lord's church, and thank God it's not happening here. Our study tonight, I'm going to limit it to two of these changes. One is the Lord's Supper and its unique relationship to the first day of the week, and how and when has God told us how to worship him. God has never given a memorial that did not have a definitive scheduled time. Now I wanna say that again. God never set up a feast, a special day, never unless he attached to it a specified time. Take the Sabbath, for instance. When I say to you the word Sabbath, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Well, it's probably Saturday or it's the seventh day. Who decided that under the Old Testament law that the Sabbath was going to be observed on Saturday by the Israelites? It was God. It was God. Exodus chapter 20 verses 8 through 11, when he admonished the people to keep the Sabbath holy. There was no misunderstanding about what day that was. God himself specified the day. You look at the Passover feast. 
We all remember the story of how Moses led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. And as a memorial to that event, God set up the Passover feast. And he designated when the Passover feast was to be held. Exodus chapter 12, in the first four verses. The Passover feast is to be held the 10th day of the first month. You see, specific time designated by God. The Day of Atonement, perhaps the most religious of all of their holidays. That was the day that the high priest would offer sacrifices on behalf of himself and the children of Israel. There were ceremonial washings and numerous sacrifices. And then the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle and pour the blood upon the Ark of the Covenant. Now that story is found in Leviticus chapter 16 and you can read it. But look at verse 2 of Leviticus chapter 16. God is getting ready to instruct Moses about this day of atonement when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and pour the blood of a perfect lamb on the Ark of the Covenant. And in chapter 2, as he's getting ready to set this up, or verse 2, verse 2, he says, Aaron, who was the high priest, nor his sons could enter the holy place anytime they want to. Do not allow them to decide when to go into the most holy place because God is going to tell them when. The Day of Atonement, according to God's instruction, is on the 10th day of the seventh month. Now, the Hebrew calendar and our calendar are different, and so the months would be different. But it was easy for them to do that little mathematical equation. You count this many months, this many days, and then you perform whatever it is that God has instructed them to perform. Every time God sets a special time, a special day, it has a definitive scheduled time. Day of Pentecost. We're all familiar with that. Acts chapter 2. Peter preached the first gospel sermon. When? On the day of Pentecost. When was that? Did they just decide that, well, this is a good time for Pentecost? Or did God instruct them and give them a specified time? Look at Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 through 21. And he's talking about when to observe Pentecost. And he says, 50 days after the seventh Sabbath. Now again, very simple math. From one Sabbath to the next seven days. You do that seven times, that's 49 days. And then add one more to make it 50. And what day of the week is that? The first day of the week. Who decided that? God. 
Would Moses dare change the Sabbath day? Would the children of Israel dare have the day of atonement except on the day that God has commanded? Now let's look at the New Testament. God has also set a special day for Christians. People who have been called out from the world by the gospel. And he wants them to come, he wants us to come together and he has given us the day. Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 1 and 2. When did those disciples come together to worship God? On the first day of the week. Just as God set the Sabbath, just as God set the Day of Atonement, just as God set the Passover feast, just as God set Pentecost, He also set the Day of Worship, the first day of the week. Now we know that God wants us to worship Him. In John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, it says that God seeks true worshipers. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, the significance of the call to worship, we can read it there. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Do not forsake the assembly. And what day was the assembly? The first day of the week. Who decided that? God. Some of you probably have read books or commentaries by Wayne Jackson. And Wayne Jackson says of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 that the Greek language there is meant to understand that someone with authority is calling a meeting of those people who are under that authority. Now, let's just walk through this very carefully. Who is the authority? God. What does God want us to do? Worship. When does God want us to worship? the first day of the week. Now, brethren, we can worship anytime we want to. But if we worship on a Saturday night, it does not replace the called worship on the first day of the week. If those Old Testament people had gone out the day before the Sabbath, and then the Sabbath comes and they say, well, we don't have to do this today because we did that yesterday. <laughs> Would that fly with God? The Day of Atonement, all those animals that had to be sacrificed and going into the Holy of Holies, we've already done that. We don't need to do that today. <laughs> do we really believe that God is going to accept that? Well, the same thing is true with worship. God says, yes, I want you to worship. He even tells us how to worship. There's a pattern of worship, regardless of how many religious people deny that. And if we follow that pattern, we will come together on the first day of the week. 
We will be in the assembly that God has called for his people. The Lord's Supper, we read about that earlier. We all have read that passage numerous times and other passages that deal with the Lord's Supper. But I wonder if we appreciate the significance of the first day of the week in relationship to the Lord's Supper. Jesus, of course, instituted the Lord's Supper. It's to be taken when Christian people gather, assemble on the first day of the week. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the church in Corinth was having problems about the Lord's Supper. They had turned it into a common meal. And Paul is writing to them to rebuke them and to help them understand how the Lord's Supper and why the Lord's Supper is taken. And he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's look at 18 first, verse 18. When you come together as a church. Now, why didn't Paul have to identify when they come together? Because it was understood clearly from the beginning of the church. That's when the Christians came together. And Paul is saying, when you come together, on what day? The day that's been designated. And also, he says, uh, verse 20, Therefore, when you come together in one place, who calls us together in one place? God. What are we supposed to do when we get there, gather together in one place? Worship God. How? According to what he tells us in Scripture. And then drop down to verse 23. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the sup after the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, why is Paul writing to the Corinthian brethren to help them understand the Lord's Supper? It was given by Christ and is to be taken in remembrance of Christ when? When you come together. Well, when do you come together? On the first day of the week. Too many people completely miss the significance of the Lord's Day. And that's why they worship on Saturday or what other day that they have chosen. As long as we worship God, we can do it correctly. It doesn't have to be on the first day. Well, God would disagree with that. God established the day of 
worship. Look at all the things in the Bible that go back to that first day. In all four of the Gospels, it says Christ was resurrected on what day of the week? My Bible says on the first day of the week. What better time to remember my Lord and Savior that on the first day of the week on which he was resurrected that I praise him and partake of the Lord's Supper in his remembrance. Pentecost, we've already discussed, always on the first day of the week. The church was established when? On the first day of the week, the day of Pentecost. In John chapter 20, verses 18 and 19, John refers to that first day of the week as, read it for yourself, Resurrection Sunday. What a powerful verse. Resurrection Sunday. First day of the week. Wouldn't Christians want to come together on that day? Isn't that the perfect time to praise God and to thank God for the freedom that we have through the blood of Christ? Isn't that the perfect time to remember the body and the blood of our Savior in order that we might be saved from our sins? And what better time than Resurrection Sunday? You and I should worship God according to God's pattern. And it gets even better. That same John, writing years later in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10, he calls that first day of the week, that resurrection Sunday, he calls the Lord's Day. Why would I want to worship on Saturday? Why would I want to deprive myself of the fellowship of the church? Why would I want to disregard the words of my God in heaven, my creator? Why not worship as God has given us the command and the example to do on the first day of the week? That Lord's Supper on the first day of the week pulls us right back to the cross and to the empty tomb. And we worship him in faith and in truth. Now I want to repeat something I said earlier. Can we worship God at any time other than Sunday? I've had people get right up in my face and say, are you mean to tell me the only time you can worship is on Sunday? <laughs> no, didn't say that. God doesn't say that. But I'm saying the only time you can worship on the Lord's day is Sunday. The only time you can worship on the resurrection day is Sunday. Now, if you want to worship on Saturday night, God bless you. But that doesn't mean you're not called to the assembly on the first day of the week. You see, that worship, 
God will accept that worship. We can, we can worship in our car. We can worship in the bedroom. We can worship anywhere. But it doesn't free me from the call to worship on the Lord's day. Brethren, it seems pretty simple to me. If I want to worship God according to His will, I will answer the call on the Lord's day to worship Him. Would you bow with me in prayer? Almighty God, we're so grateful for Your love. We're so thankful for Christ and His sacrifice. We don't have the human capacity to truly appreciate what has been done for us, owing a debt that we cannot possibly repay. And yet, Jesus Christ, while we were sinners, died in order that we might be free. Help us, God, to always worship in accordance to your truth. We thank you that we have godly men directing this congregation who maintain that truthfulness and are adhering to the words of the Bible. We ask you, God, to bless them. I pray that you'll give them strength, comfort, lift them up in knowing that the Lord's will must always be done and help them when they're challenged by other people. Help us when we're challenged by other people. And let's stand fast on the Lord's day. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.